We are another day closer to finding out what Jaden Akins and AJ Hogard will end up doing after the NBA Combine list comes out without their names on it. Also, Big Ten future football schedules changing in the non-conference. Then I joined Zach Blackerby of Locked on Auburn to talk about, well, our old starting quarterback, their new starting quarterback. So yes, join that show. Let's go. You are Locked on Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for joining us here today at Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white. Five days a week. Today's show, just a little bit of uh, tidbits here in the first segment. Then uh, we join Locked on Auburn. That's right, because while our quarterback went down there, they had a few questions to ask about us. And also the conversation was a little bit about our program as well. So that'll be segments two and three, just for the heads up. Uh, Zach is one of the best, if not the best, Locked on hosts that we have around these parts. So... An honor to join him. It was a good time, so hopefully you enjoy that chat as well. And before getting into the meat and potatoes of this first segment, gang, tomorrow's show. We've been teasing a player interview here throughout the week, and I didn't want to say the name until it happened, but yes, Kaden Hauser will be joining us on tomorrow's show. We chatted earlier today, so that's going to be your weekend show. That's right, sophomore, maybe starting quarterback. Who's to say Kaden Hauser, but really nice 12-ish minute conversation to look forward to tomorrow. So let's get into today's show, though. The NBA Combine list came out. About 70-ish names on this list. I believe it was 75, but uh, really the number doesn't matter because the only thing that mattered is, well, was A.J. Hogarth going to be on that list? Was Jaden Akins going to be on that list? Were either of those two Spartans going to be on the list invited to the week-long NBA Combine that will get them closer to realizing their NBA draft dreams? Then, well, you know the news by now. It's no. Neither of them did show up on that list, which to me, Akins was a little bit of a surprise getting left off the list, but after he was left off the NBA G League Combine list, you could kind of figure that. Like, okay, neither will be on this list, and... Which is fine for them because, again, this whole draft process, ever since this rule change in 2016 where you can enter the draft, gather feedback, and then grow your game the following year, this is what this process was. An educational experience for them to find out what they needed to work on. They still got some pretty good feedback, I imagine, even without the combine. But now let's talk what this means for Michigan State, all right? And uh, more importantly, us fans, because we're a very nervous bunch. We want to know what's going to happen, what the important dates are, and hey, Thursday, at midnight, that is the deadline to enter the transfer portal. All right, from everything I've heard, it's expected that both these guys are to return. But it would also be pretty naive to just say, oh, it's a 0% chance. Because, of course, programs have probably picked their or pecked their nose in there to see if they can uh, get either of these guys away from Michigan State and into their own program, whether it be just smooth-talking them, whether it be an NIL deal. But whatever it is, Thursday at midnight is the deadline. Now, we may or may not know when their names have actually entered the portal because, well, just like entering the NBA draft with A.J. Hogarth doing it on Sunday and no one noticing until Tuesday, we could have the same effect there with the transfer portal. So we'll update it as soon as that, you know, we know if or when they don't enter the transfer portal or whatever they decide to do. But it might be a little longer until they formally uh, announce that they are returning to Michigan State. They have, I believe, until May 29th or May 30th. They have until the end of the month to pull their name out of the NBA draft formally, but 
Man, if they stayed in the NBA draft, even without a combine invite, I, look, chase your dreams, everyone. Go crazy, but like, <laughs> that'd be some really bad advice from whoever they got that from. I'd be stunned if they just stayed in the NBA draft. So those are the two dates on Thursday night for the transfer portal and then all the way late May to pull their names out of the draft. Uh, some MSU football recruiting tidbits. The Davion Sims. That's right, one of the best defensive line recruits in the country. Top 200 player in just about every media outlet that you look at. He is down to his top five and also set a decision date on May 20th. Uh, it is down between Oregon. Vanderbilt, TCU, his hometown state of Oklahoma, the Sooners, and then, well, hey, gang, you guessed it. It's Michigan State as that fifth team. So Michigan State definitely in the mix here, uh, even though Brandon Jordan did leave. I mean, Zadavion still did visit in March. Got to know Dyron Reynolds, the new defensive line coach around these parts. So there's not a lot of inkling as to where he's going to go. Uh, right now, Rivals has one prediction in, uh, you know, amongst their reporters, and that is to Oklahoma. That was made at the beginning of May. 24-7 Sports has four crystal balls for Michigan State, but those were all made quite some time ago. So we're going to see here. Uh, we do know that the last place he did visit before announcing this commitment date and top five was Oregon. So they're going to be heavily in the mix as well. So, yes, May 20th. Circle the calendar uh, and keep it tuned to a high school kid's decision of where he's going to be playing football. I would love if it was Michigan State. Uh, yes, again, four-star, top 200 defensive lineman. So keep your eye on him. And then one other uh, recruiting tidbit as well, Nick Marsh. That's right. Uh, he was committed to this 2024 class for some time, but out of Detroit, four-star kid, top 100 recruit. I think the world of this kid. He decommitted from Michigan State, but said that, well, MSU's still going to be on his list. And I was kind of like, yeah, that's what they all say. But it, it appears that could very well be the case here because he has set a decision date for early July he also has set four official visits. It's Penn State, it's Auburn, it's Michigan State, and also Kansas. Sure, why not? But Michigan State gets that last visit. All right, They get the June 23rd visit. That's the last school he will officially visit before making that decision. And the old adage in the world of recruiting is that, well, you want to either be that first visit, which will be Penn State, that will probably be Michigan State's top competitor, or you want to be that last visit. You either have the first word, set the bar very high for every other school after that, or have the closing thoughts. And hey, if you're already the team that he did commit to that still has close ties to, that his family still kind of sort of has loudly uh, supported that you go to, I don't think that hurts Michigan State's decision here. So again, we got to wait all the way till the first week of July for his actual decision, but those dates and officials were just set. So that's why we're bringing it up right now. Uh, now, outside the world of Michigan State, it's just more of a Big Ten note, but Brent McMurphy of Action Network tweeted this out that the Big Ten is, quote, strongly considering removing its requirement for league teams to play a Power 5 non-conference team annually starting in 2024. That is when USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten, and also, well, that's when the college football playoff expands to 12 teams. Look, I I get a lot of takes run on here. Lord knows that. You know that. I'm going to beat my chest, though, because I think I was pretty right here last year when we had this debate of what's the best way to schedule a football you know, season? Is it having tough games in the non-conference? Iron forging yourself for the year ahead? Or is it slating up a bunch of cu uh, cupcakes on your schedule, kind of like Michigan did? That was the hot debate last year. And I said, look, I, I did not... I didn't say this with a smile. 
Michigan kind of does it right. I would schedule Lansing area high school teams if it was up to me. I Get as many wins as possible. Hey, look, as if there wasn't enough proof last year, what would you rather have happened last year? Get absolutely baptized at Washington last year or, hey, get a little cheap sixth win there and play, I don't know, Miami of Ohio or uh, Okemos High School, for example. I think I would have rather had that sixth win and gone to a bowl game instead of getting butchered at Washington, but I digress. Do you know who else has really caught on to that too? How about the Big Ten with this rule consideration? Because, yes, when it expands to 12 teams, I've said, you know what, hey, maybe having a tough team in the non-conference could help you. You know, it might be a, a good loss to have. But, no, you know what, that, that that's still dumb. There's no such thing as a good loss, especially when the margin for error is that thin in a 14 playoff. And a 12-team playoff, it's still not that big either. And there's no year that was a better exemplifier of that than last season. All right? Hey, that 12th team, that 12th ranked team in the final college football rankings, well, yeah, they were 10-2. and two. That 13th team, 9-3. and three. I mean, it just happens to be a perfect example that, yes, the cutoff between 12 and 13 was just one win. Why are you signing yourself up for any trouble that you don't need? And the Big Ten is kind of saying to every team in their conference, no, don't schedule that SEC team. Don't schedule that fun Pac-12 team. Don't fly out west for a ridiculous road game. No, 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 no. We have Eastern Illinois right by us. Call them. Give them a phone call. You have Central Michigan up there. Give them a phone call. Like, just make this as easy of a schedule as possible because, look, the Big Ten play is already hard enough, and you only have a margin of error of two losses. I mean... Yeah, and the Big Ten, surprise, they're going to want more teams in the college football playoff uh, as possible. I mean, for example, the ACC, they only would have had one team in the college football playoff last year. It would have been Clemson, all right? Could have been two if Florida State, who was 9-3. and three. For example, instead of Florida in the non-conference, which who they lost to, maybe if they play UAB or Jacksonville State instead or some other team that's not, you know, an SEC team, they would have been 10-2, and two, and maybe they actually flip with the 12th-ranked team last year. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it sucks from a viewing standpoint, no question. I mean, the, the big, exciting games are very fun, but sadly, it's a business, and when your eyes are on the finish line of a 12-team playoff, eliminate any hurdle you possibly can. Um, and, you know, just to bring this back to Michigan State here, in the next few years, their non-conference schedules, they actually have done a good job scoping out a pretty uh, – Easy, easy-ish, I say that reluctantly, knock on wood. Easy-ish Power 5 opponent in Boston College. They play at Boston College in 2024, and then Boston College comes here in 2025, and then, uh, well, you got to go to Notre Dame in 2026, but maybe you could get them off the schedule. I wouldn't hate seeing that. Just re replace them for Marist. I, I, who cares? It's just not not them. I, I, I want an easy path here in September. If that makes me a coward... Fine, I'm a coward, but I'm a coward that's seen more wins from my team, so so be it. All right, we're going to be joined by Zach Blackerby. Actually, other way around, I, I more so joined Zach Blackerby, but it's still a good conversation, a lot of Peyton Thorne talk, that's the gist of the whole thing, but we get to a few Michigan State tidbits as well. But before that, hey, Built Bar! Gang, it is the best tasting protein bar in the land. If you're on the golf course, if you got a day of yard work ahead of you, a day at the in-laws, or just your old-fashioned workout... Wolf down one of these built bars, or hey, a built puff. Either way, wrapped in 100% real chocolate. They're soft, they're chewy, and they taste so amazing 
And I swear to you, when I taste these, I'm like, well, I, you know, right here, they always say, well, say it tastes as good as a candy bar. Mm -mm, no, they taste better than a candy bar, especially the churro puff bar. My goodness gracious, those slap. But hey, most of these built bars, 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. You're not going to feel weighed down or jittery. You're just going to feel the power. So go to Sam's Club. Go to Walmart or just go to oldfashionedbuilt.com. That's right, built.com, Sam's Club, or Walmart to stock up on your built bars. And joining us now for a little Locked On crossover action, Matt Sheehan, the host of Locked On Spartans, interacting with all you Big Ten guys this week. How fun. I know. How fun. All right, so Peyton Thorne leaves Michigan State. And then very quickly is tied to Auburn and all things happen very, very quickly. Yep. I guess what was your general response? And, and I know just from listening to Locked on Spartans, you saw this coming. But I guess like when the news started coming, what did you like? What was your initial reaction to all of this? Yeah, it was a thing where it's in hindsight we should have saw this coming, maybe or not be so shocked, because when it did happen at midnight before the transfer uh, portal window closed, yeah. it's like, oh my God, did not see that coming. And then you actually sit down and think for a little bit. Um, and yeah, okay, this guy is in his third year as a starting quarterback. He is now thrust into the starting quarterback battle, which I'm sure, you know, on the surface, isn't the greatest thing in the world. And then, mm. well, during that battle... Seems like 80% of this fan base is loudly rooting against him as well. So option A, okay, great. Come to a school where they don't even know if I'm going to be the starting quarterback. They're not convinced. The fan base doesn't really seem to want me win this thing. Or, hey, option B, Auburn's telling me how pretty I am. Auburn wants me to come down there, play some SEC ball. We get a fresh start. What would you pick, you know? I mean, so that's that's kind of why it when you really think about it, maybe shouldn't have been this big surprise, even though he was in the lead to start for Michigan State going into the offseason here. So that's the long and short of it here, uh, Zach. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, I mean, it always turns into this transfer portal era, and I guess you saw it with the pros a little bit, but I think college sports mm -hmm. are a little more emotional than, than the pros. That's why we love it so much. But yeah, when someone leaves you via the portal, it, it quickly turns into, ah, we didn't want him anyway. And it's like, well, yeah. he did start at state for two years. And one year I think was pretty solid. I think everybody's happy with what happened two seasons ago. I, I would last, say so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> last year, I'm sure there's a lot of frustration all around it. I've watched several of the games from last season. I don't think it was all Thorn. Was Thorn perfect? No. But like, I, I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of things going on that, that, you know, Coach Tucker needs to fix up there. But yep. Uh, I mean, it, that certainly seems like that's what Auburn folks are hearing from Michigan State people. And I'm getting comments like, Oh, I'm so glad he's gone. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know how you could say losing this guy is like the best thing for your program. And I've heard you talk about some of the younger guys that there's a lot of excitement yeah. on. Like you get to go ahead and turn that page, but you're, you're losing a guy with two years of experience. Like that's not a, that's not always like, that's not a good thing, Matt. Right. And so here's the way I put it is that if you lose your starting quarterback, a, a, an incumbent of two years, that could really decimate another program here. But, I mean, aside from all the fans that are actually very happy that Peyton Thorne is leaving because, yeah, let's not yeah. kid ourselves. There is a good faction that are just saying, sayonara, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Like, sure, is it great? Not necessarily, but, like, I don't think it's as devastating as it is for every other program. Okay. And that's not just, you know, Mr. Lockdown Spartan saying that. Like, you can see it with the reaction of the coaching staff, too, because they're not even looking for quarterbacks in the spring mm -hmm. transfer portal window. They're looking at Noah Kim. They're looking at Kate and Hauser being like, well, we're comfortable with it being one of these two guys. So, I mean, from that point of view of how far the drop-off is, 
might not be as bad as it would be in a lot of other programs, luckily. But with that said, like the, 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 the floor was already pretty low to begin with here. It was not the greatest season last year. And I think just a fresh start is good for everyone. That That's what I've been parading like the last few weeks here is that this is good for all parties involved. It's good for Peyton, fresh start, new program, mm-hmm. a, a fan base that might be just like a smidge more patient with him than we would have this year. And then, well, for MSU's point of view, like, all right, let's turn the page, work on some future quarterbacks that have years of eligibility left. And let's just, let's just all move forward and try to be happy with our lives. I agree with you, but it is kind of funny because, like, I love the Auburn fan base as I am part of it, but mm-hmm. patient sure. is not a word I would use to describe it. Yeah, I had to use that pretty loosely there, but yeah, <laughs> right. I totally get it. I totally get it. All right, so we, we mentioned this a second ago. Two years ago, Peyton's first full year yeah. as a starter, I mean, I, I think every Michigan State fan w- was ecstatic with how things were going. 10 wins, or 11. 10 or 11 wins, remind me. 11, yeah. 11, 11. yeah. 11. There we yep. go. We need to count all of those. And then obviously yeah. last year that was not the case. What happened? Not Eleven. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Kenneth Walker leaving has been kind of tied to a big part of that, but surely it's more than just a running back going to the NFL, right? Yeah, of course. It, right, like Peyton Thorne wasn't to blame for having twenty-seven different starters on defense last year. Uh, Peyton Thorne is not to blame for having a kicker routinely miss kicks inside of thirty yards. I mean, Peyton Thorne can only do so much when it's a five and seven season. It's never one position group, let alone one guy here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like losing Kenneth Walker, it turns out, Zach, when you lose a guy that probably should have won NFL Rookie of the Year, that actually hurts you a little bit. But yeah, there were so many other factors that went into last season. Chalk them up as excuses or really, as we like to call them over here, reasons for just it falling apart here. And I think just a lot of defensive injuries didn't help. And also... Peyton Thorne referenced this too uh, in spring ball. He referenced it once last year that kind of flew over everyone's head. Like he did get hurt very early on in the season and that may have harmed his game a little bit. He was a little less active with his legs and scrambling. Is that injury public, Matt? I've been told what it is, but I don't know if it's public or not. So I don't want to say it. I've heard leg injury. That's all I got for you. Okay. I was not, Uh, I I was told something different. So that that's interesting. It could be more than one thing. I don't know. It, see, and, and that's the thing, too. That's the fun that we get with Mel Tucker here is that injury news up in East Lansing is more tightly held than anything that's like in the Pentagon. You know, like it, it, it is top flight certified. Sure. That's just it, it, yeah. So it's 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 tough to know what really is and is not going on here. But it was a tale of two different years. And the one thing that, you know, what I'm going to I'm going I'm to spin this uh, table here. How okay. good's the run game down at Auburn here for you guys? Like, is, uh, is it a solid it, run game for you guys? It's expected to be. It's expected okay. to be. Um, the backs are good. I think there's still questions along the offensive line. Uh, the offensive okay. line was bad a year ago. Hugh Freeze has gone on and now got four transfers on the offensive okay. line. So, I mean, it That'll looks it. better. <laughs> but Jarquez Hunter is going to be a really special back. Damari Austin, Jeremiah Cobb's one of the best freshmen. He'll be one of the best freshman backs in college football based on recruiting sure. rankings. So, yeah, I mean, it should be good. And that's kind of what we're pointing at because mm-hmm. there's a stat that's going around, going on around, you know, the Auburn sphere where, like, Peyton Thorne's stats when, you, when he had a 150-yard rusher in a game – it's crazy. It's crazy yes. how much different that is. And I think that's going to happen a lot this season at Auburn. And like to bring it back to Peyton Thorne, like the drop off from Kenneth Walker to the run game we had last year, I, it was like going from a Maserati to your 1990 Camry that only has three wheels on it. Like it was, we were atrocious in the run game last year. And that also reflected in the past game because two years ago in that 11 win season, I Peyton Thorne was making a killing in the play action game. And sure. of course, 
Like, it'd be ridiculous not to just point to Kenneth Walker being a massive reason for that. But if you have some semblance of a good run game, I think it's going to bring a lot of comfort to Peyton Thorne because last year, I think when he turned around to hand the ball, I think he knew that this is not Kenneth Walker at all, actually. And, oh boy, I need to do a lot more. So I think he's forcing a lot more in the pass game because two years ago, I always lauded him for just how smart he was with the football, never threw it into trouble, was always just so cerebral. And last year we saw him stray a little bit away from that, and I I don't wonder. It really just seemed to be that, well, okay, he knew that he kind of had to do way more than he could, and that's how he got in some trouble here and there last year. So if it's a good run game, I, that's going to bring comfort to Peyton Thorne and your fan base, hopefully. Matt, I, I want to ask you in just a second, what it, like why Michigan State did this certain thing that didn't really make sense, especially after what you just said. I want to touch on that in just a moment right here sure. on Locked on Auburn. I want to encourage you to join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Matt, it seemed like Michigan State consistently ran the ball on first and 10 and then like second and eight. I mean, every game I watched from last season, that seemed to be a consistent theme. And then, I mean, we've seen this at Auburn over the past decade. Yeah, where it's like, right. all right, it's third and eight again. Like, you know, and everybody wants to jump on a quarterback, and all of a sudden it's like, well, we're not really helping them out here. It seemed like a similar thing. So everybody's kind of looking at Thorne's numbers because he dropped, like, I think it was like 600 yards from 2021 to 2022 as far as passing goes. His completion mm -hmm. percentage went up 2%. Yeah, right. But I don't think he was like a worse quarterback, Matt. Like, I don't think he regressed from 21 to 22. I just think like Michigan State did, had no business from a play calling standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, whatever it may be, as far as putting them in a situation to succeed. So why do you think they ran it on early down so much? Can I just say, I don't know. You can't see it in the side of this room, but there is a dent in the drywall, and that is for me banging my head so many times. Because, uh, look, the, the play call is very hit and miss. There are some really good games for offensive coordinator Jay Johnson last year. There are also uh, even more games where it's like, we do know Kenneth Walker is is not here anymore. Like, I just want to make sure we all know this because, yeah, man, um, when when an idiot like me can just point out what you're going to do every first down, like, what mm -hmm. do you think the professional defensive coordinators are going to do? Like, they, they know what's coming in. It was just all too predictable last year and not predictable with the good run game because it's one thing where you can hand the ball to Kenneth Walker and he's going to get six yards no matter who knows if the ball's being ran in last year where there's a lot of issues here so right yeah it's it, behind the eight ball is is one way to put it um the second and eight ball if you want to um use that pun but yeah it's nice that, that needs to get better this year too man the second and eight ball well done they like that yeah well thank you. done Appreciate matt that, that was yeah. so subtle yeah. i want to make sure people caught that well just done. trying to be as good as you man you know that, that's, that's no, you're, you're way past that you're way past that all right so i guess the big question is, and i talked to to jay stevens host of locked on buckeyes about yeah, yeah. yesterday because we were talking about one of the receivers that we added can he win can peyton thorne win in the sec Iron Bowl's at home for you guys, right? I mean, that, that helps. Yeah. No, I, yes, I think so because, and, and here is where I net out with, with Peyton Thorne. And there are so many people that are going to take what I hear and think that I'm insulting him. But if he could just be that game manager, because that GM word like is, is almost offensive to a lot of people. But no, really, like that is a compliment sometimes. Sometimes all you have to be is a game manager. 
kind of sort of was one two years ago and it seemed yeah. to work out great but yeah if he could just go back to the old Peyton where you know he isn't getting skittish out of the pocket way too quickly you know and I think a fresh face of new offensive linemen could possibly help that I think we had some trust issues last year between Peyton and the offensive line and if he can just go back to the cerebral all right it's second and eight I'm not going to throw the ball into a double team right now we're going to live to see another day here I I, I think he can now what is the threshold for winning down there, though? Are we talking like eight and four? Are we talking eleven and one? Like what? It's 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 how much it. I think it's. I, how, I, how I mean, this 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 is uh this is a rebuild situation, right? I mean, you just hired Figures. a new head coach. Okay. You know, Brian right. Harson left this roster in shambles. Auburn's pretty much flipped the entire offense. Right. Um, do you know with transfers or you know kind of guys that are growing up a little bit? So yeah, I, I think eight and four. I think most Auburn fans would be happy with an eight and four season right now. I, I can see that. I really can because also like I, I do think Peyton Thorne is a pretty headstrong kid. Now, whether this was all just window dressing, but like yeah. he is the son of a coach. He he knocked down every single cliche. And also like in every press conference in the midst of a terrible season last year, took blame for everything, never really pawned anything off on anyone else. So I think he is a headstrong person, which correct me if I'm wrong here, might be a little important if you're a quarterback of an SEC team. So um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it is there. He just needs a good supporting cast and by you know, the, the remodel of the offense, the, the roster for you guys, it seems like it the bones are in place there for, for old Peyton. Yeah. How much of his success was receivers? I mean, you guys had a guy that was drafted high recently, then obviously Keon mm-hmm. Coleman, um, which I imagine that was a tough weekend for you. And, and I apologize. Not, not, not the best. Oh, no, it, it's okay. It's just why I haven't slept in, in two weeks. It's fine. Um, you, you still look great. You still look great. Yeah, but, thanks. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, it's kind of just mean, hours of makeup before this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of his throws, Thorne's throws to Coleman, specifically, yeah. I watched more of last year than 2021. Sure. But it seemed like more of his throws, like Coleman still, like, wasn't getting separation. Like, it was still Correct. an all-placement thing, and then, you know, he wanted, the you know, the high-pointing the football and all of that. But yeah. to me, I mean, he's coming into a situation where, like, I, I think Auburn's receivers need some help. Okay. Right? And the fact of, like, he was able to throw to guys, even his best guy, when he wasn't able to create separation is a good thing. And that was going to be the interesting litmus test for this year for Michigan State because it wasn't just Keon Coleman. It was also Jaden Reed, who just got picked in the second round by the Packers. And this will be Michigan State's fans' 9,000th time hearing this. But Peyton Thorne and Jaden Reed, they went to high school together. So they had some pretty good built-in chemistry beforehand, which, you know, just the, the talent of both players by itself, pretty solid. But when they had that chemistry, like there were a lot of times last year where it's like, all right, third and nine. F it, here comes a grenade. Uh, Jaden's going to be down there somewhere. And then, like, that offense actually worked a, a, a good deal. It worked two years ago as well when there were some big yeah. throws that had to be made. So that was going to be the interesting part, should he have still been at Michigan State, is, all right, how is he going to do without old pal Jaden Reed? So it, that is going to be, uh, well, now a litmus test that is going to play out in Auburn. is like, all right, how is he going to do with a new room of receivers? Like, was it really just Jaden Reed that was carrying a lot of the magic? Or was that kind of overblown from our point of view? So I yeah, stay tuned to find out uh, how important receivers are going to be here for him. Yeah, because like I don't think they have a second-round draft pick that will be catching passes this year. And that's helpful, it turns out, yeah. Yeah. Second round draft picks are good. I know we all over hype. You know, if you're not a first round pick, you're a bum, but that's <laughs> right. not how it works. That's second not place. How it too. Works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, those guys make a lot of money as well. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I want to circle back to something you said about how he kind of got a little skittish in the pocket at times. Yeah. I was when watching him, especially last year, 
I was impressed. I mean, he still did it some, mm-hmm. but usually when he left the pocket, like there was a reason to. I was actually impressed with his pocket presence. Is that was that okay. not a narrative up there? It depends who you ask, because that that is a, a highly contested debate. It's like, oh, he's got live legs; they're good. It's like, well, that is such a th- a razor thin line between being smart and good with your legs, but also the other end of that is you're a little too skittish. You're throwing off balance, and these are why the throws are inaccurate. So it's it is a razor thin margin between the, the two. Yeah, of them well, I guess I'm asking you. Then, if it depends on who I'm asking, I'm going to ask you. What were your I think he bailed a little early here, uh, more times okay. than not. And I got to say, some of that was justified because there were some offensive line issues here, whether it be injury, whether it just be performance. And I think that there were some trust issues here, especially like late into last year, where you watch these games, it's like, oh, I, why, why'd you, why'd you escape? You had a clean pocket. Oh, this is why, because probably the eight prior games. That would not have been a clean pocket. So, like, I think we're a little bit jumpy here, and I think that's an issue as well. But that's not to say that, like, you know, sometimes his legs are a strength. We saw it. I, I, I hate to keep going back. Actually, no, I, I love going back because this was the happy times. Two years ago, I think he's a lot more smart. He got a lot more done with his legs in the scramble game. But, again, and that was the O-line better two years ago in your mind? Not really. No, I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't think there's much improvement. I'll, t- I'll tell you what makes an O line look really good is a uh, second round running back by the name of Kenneth Walker who wins the Dope Walker Award. He makes every offensive line look good. But no, even just the, the pass protection from two years ago to last year, it was it, it didn't change all, all too much. And I think that there was just trust issues. Yeah, trust issues there. If I could use that again, sure, got it, got yeah. it. And so, all right. So you think eight wins is possible for Payton for so. this season? Okay. Yeah, and I just took a peek at the schedule a few days ago. I wish I had it uh, memorized at the top of my head, but like it, it's it's nice. The you non-conference is games super in there too. easy. Yeah, yeah, the, right. Yeah, you, uh-huh. you go to Cal. That's the toughest one, and I, I just yeah. don't have a whole lot of respect for where that program is right now. I mean, it's Same. on the road. It's weird. Right. It's two hours d- different time zone. You, that that could impact it, but you get Vanderbilt yeah. on the road, so like that you should be at five. That's five right, right there. You get the two Mississippi schools, Mississippi State and Ole Miss at home. If you split those, like, you're almost there, Matt. Yeah, I know. And, like, you do have, like, Georgia this year. Am I, am I or am I making that up? You do yeah, have Georgia that and Bama at home. Yep. Yeah. Okay, at home, though. So, like, Doesn't matter. Uh, okay. I'm, I don't, don't, don't know if you go as far as saying you'll win. Yeah, you, you don't have to do this. <laughs> you don't you don't have to. Have, yeah, you can say maybe the Iron Bowl. You can like, against one of those teams, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's as far as I was going to go. Like you probably yeah. cover against one of those two teams. So yeah, uh, that's, sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. We'll see what our friends at fans will have the line at, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think seven and five is at my expectation right now, but, but I think, yeah. if, I think if I if you that. can kind of do something, you can totally do that. You can totally yeah. do that. Like we don't know what yeah. A&M is. You know, you go to college station. I know. Like, right. That's a tricky one, you know, and it is, you know, they're, um, their offensive coordinator hire was certainly interesting. And so we'll, um, we'll, we'll see what that looks like. You go to Fayetteville, that's a, I mean, Auburn usually takes care of business in Fayetteville, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, it's a new right. era of Auburn football, but I don't know. I, I think eight and four is certainly possible uh, if things click. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm kind of expecting seven and five right now. If I'm pinned against the wall and forced to make a prediction, I sure g- give me seven and five. Give me seven. But Got yeah, it. there's a lot of question marks there. Like, what is going on in College Station? Like, I, I don't know. I don't the only know thing is that there's going to be two million fans there rooting against you, and that's just going to be a tough environment. To that's begin true. With, so that's true. Yeah, man. Matt Sheehan, if folks yeah. want to check out um, anything Michigan State Spartans related, where can they find you? 
Sheehan underscore sports locked on Spartans. And we need to get something from Auburn eventually here because I'll tell you what, like 2013, we beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game to give you the birth to the national title game. And Thank all you. that we've gotten in return is you guys just pillaging our village for our quarterback and also giving us a kicker that couldn't make a 26-yarder to go to a bowl game. Like We, we need a bone from Auburn here eventually. So if I you could put a good, good word to the people. I haven't. So yeah, if you could uh, – no, but I – I do like Auburn fans a lot. I, I really do. I'm not just pandering and not blowing sunshine up your butt for no good reason. Uh, you we, can pander. I'm here. cool with pandering. There's nothing wrong with pandering. That's fine. That's I also fine. need to pander because we, we need something out of Auburn. So if uh, Hugh Freeze, I know you're listening right now. Like, if you could just give us someone, like, just anyone, like, it'd be just great if you could. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what Thanks, I can man. do, my friend. Appreciate you. Yeah, Appreciate be sure you. to check out Locked on Spartans <laughs> and uh, come back tomorrow.